When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from Liverpool, the Dark Paranormal, Season 13. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Dark Paranormal, Season 13, Episode 7. I can't believe after this one, we only have three more left. Before we of course take our end of season break and then run headlong into season 14. Now of course, in between seasons we do take a three week break, just so that I can recharge my own batteries before we head back into the darkness. And of course that means right now is the time for you to submit your experiences for season 14. There are so many supernatural experiences out there that we've yet to hear and I cannot wait to receive them. The only thing I will say is please bear in mind we do focus on one experience per episode. And with that said, your experience ideally should be between 5.5 to 6.5 pages of A4 on a Word document. We tend to find that that fits around a 30 to 40, sometimes longer, experience for one of our shows. So if you have an experience that you think fits the Dark Paranormal bill, send it over to contact at thedarkparanormal.com. I want to thank each and every one of you for the feedback you constantly provide for the show. Last week's episode, A Problem Shared, has probably generated more feedback than any other episode we've put out. And in truth, it was one of the two episodes I had pegged for the season finale. And after the response, I was kind of on shaky ground as to whether I've made the right choice. But a quick scan through what is planned for the season finale, I've set myself back at ease, and I'm pretty sure I've made the right decision. And I think you'll agree. But we are still a few weeks away from that finale and we have the not-so-small matter of episodes 7 and 8 and 9 to get through first. Today's episode is a warning. And although I'm a 44-year-old man, I obviously have Facebook, etc. And there's a common phrase doing the rounds at the moment, be it on memes or anything else you might see which is, without being crude, F about and find out. Which basically means, although it may seem fun to poke a bear with a sharp stick, you're going to be the one coming off worse. But quite obviously this isn't a bear, this is the paranormal, and it's not a sharp stick, it's that implement which we've referred to many times before, the Ouija board. Is it a collection of our energies that make this apparent doorway to the darkness open? 
Or is there something just inherently evil about these particular talking boards? Either way, if there's one thing that seems to strike fear in the heart of both believer and skeptic, it is the use of a Ouija board. But before we jump into episode 7, a quick thank you to our wonderful new team members over at Patreon. When you sign up to Patreon, not only do you receive these episodes both ad-free and before everyone else, but you can also gain exclusive access to the Patreon-only podcast, Dark Bites. Dark Bites is a weekly Patreon-only podcast that looks at some of the shorter submissions that have been sent into the show, and it runs 52 weeks a year, releasing every Sunday. And of course, with a break in seasons coming up shortly, it means over the festive period our Patreons won't miss their dark paranormal fix. But best of all, we've built a wonderful community of like-minded paranormal enthusiasts over at Patreon. And we'd like to extend an exclusive invitation just for you. Simply head over to patreon.com forward slash thedarkparanormal just like the following wonderful new team members have. Shone Amos, Teddy Moatha, Christopher Dean, Rhea, Paige Babel, Bo Coy, Charlie the Cheesecake Burglar, Alyssa Briggs, Veronica Cook, Tom Cloherty, Brandy Terry, Erin Cohen, Kimgo Coggins, KD underscore BBY, Day Day, Fox Sharon M, Daniel Smith, Anna, Rosie Wilson, Adette Kithray, Christine Dowd, Nior Dravin, Matty Parker, Anandi, Ursa, Faith Richards, Nicholas F, Nathan Seal, Anel Cruz, Becky Dillenberg, Wraith Hunter, Brenda Ortiz, Lucas Burnham, Lisa, Sophia Vega, Matt, Ryan Parker, Zach Schmidt and Aubrey Fitzgerald. Thank you so much for joining the team, guys. Your support means the world. And I hope you enjoy all the early ad-free releases and, of course, those Patreon-only Dark Bites episodes. So why not treat yourself and become a team member and head over to patreon.com forward slash thedarkparanormal. But right now, it's time. Lower the lights. Make yourself comfortable and, of course, leave your disbelief at the door. As we listen to, if you knock, they answer. I'd prefer to remain anonymous, but for the sake of the story, you can call me Kay. I've changed the names and a few details, but this is my true paranormal experience. I live in the middle of the US, in a small mountain town. The town I grew up in is a booming ski resort. You see, we had won a competition for a newly developed home in this newly established town when I was around six months old. We were fortunate enough to get a house with three bedrooms, upstairs and a bathroom. The main floor consisting of the living room, kitchen, bathroom, garage and then a basement which could function as a bedroom or a chill area, which it did many times growing up. The way the house was set up meant when you walked through the front door, straight ahead was the hallway and the stairs to the upstairs. The hallway led to the living room and kitchen and basement. When you got to the top of the stairs, in front of you would be the bathroom and to the left would be two bedrooms. Then to your right would be the hallway to my room the master bedroom. My bedroom overlooked the front of the house, whilst the other two bedrooms faced the backyard. 
I originally had had my dad's room, but I ended up getting the big room due to my parents' divorce and my mother moving to the basement. I always had bad vibes about the master bedroom as a little kid, but I assumed it was down to my parents always fighting. However, when I was moved into the room, when I was around six, things started to get weird. I'd always had issues going to sleep, always feeling like I wasn't alone in this huge room. We had family cats and they always slept in my room on my bed at night to comfort me. Every time I went to bed, the cats came with me. Now, these weren't your average house cats either. My cats, Bubba and Peter, Bubba, all white, and Peter, orange, were both 30-pound cats of pure muscle. Collectively, they have sincerely fought off bears, coyotes, raccoons, and all the neighbourhood dogs and cats. To put it mildly, they were not scared of anything and they were extremely protective of me. The night I did pass out before 6am, I'd always wake up in the middle of the night, to the cats growling and hissing at my closet, or in the hallway outside of my bedroom. I, of course, as a kid and a cat owner, would brush it off as the cats fighting with each other, and so I never got up to assess the situation. I also had not yet had an eye exam, nor received my much-needed glasses, so I could see properly. So therefore, even if I did look, it would all be dark and blurry. Nothing to see. I'd always hear someone running up the stairs, right up to my room, and then... silence... I'd call out, thinking it was my brother or my cousin, who was with us often, messing around with me. I discovered that wasn't the case as they were always sleeping, and again I'd put it down to the cats fighting. As I got older, I'd bring it up often to my family about the cats fighting, all of the time. But nothing ever came of it, and no one would ever fess up about making the ruckus. When I was around 12 or 13 years old, my cousin moved in with us. He and my brother ended up sharing a room. My dad had his room, and my mother had moved out by this point. We had Pete, a random friend of my dad's, move into the basement. I kept the master bedroom, being the only girl in the house. I'd also finally gotten my much-needed glasses, and the world was so much clearer and crisp. Turns out I'm nearly legally blind, so the change was truly massive, like to the point where everyone does look like Slenderman without my glasses. Black eye sockets and no features although they were just normal humans. At least, that's what I hope. But without my glasses, it could get terrifying, 
One day, my cousin, my brother and their friend, Zach, were hanging in my room after school. No adults were home, and we were telling ghost stories to spook my brother, who's a huge scaredy cat. But then all of a sudden, we hear the front door open and slam, and someone storms up the stairs and stops at the door. Zach, who is easily the bravest and dumbest of us, goes and opens the door. No one. Nothing. It was the first time anyone had witnessed what I'd been experiencing my entire life. He closes the door, and my cousin, Evan, jokes about it being the cat's. Then we hear what sounds like a shelf crashing in my closet, and then we hear the same sound of someone running down the stairs and out of the door, again slamming it. We panic, thinking someone's broken in, and we have no idea what to do. So Evan and Zach, both being the biggest, go downstairs with a baseball bat and a broom and check the house. They open the basement and call out for Pete, but he wasn't in the basement. There were no adults home, and so everyone comes back to my room and we just chat and put on a movie to relax. I mentioned that this is what I've been hearing every time, but never the door slamming. Zach then asks if we think the house is haunted. Evan laughs and says, No chance. Nothing was here before this house. That's what Uncle Jeff told me last time she brought this up. He pointed at me. Now, my family is weird. Weird in the sense we do like spooky things. But not everyone believes in it. I was told more ghost stories than those of princesses. And my dad even bought me a Ouija board. It was a Buffy the Vampire-themed Ouija board, as it was our favourite show. And I mentioned, there's still a chance we don't 100% know. Part of me kind of hoping it is haunted. And so Evan and Zach ask about my Ouija board, which I'd never even opened. Evan joked it was just a toy anyway. I shook my head and told them based on literally every story I've heard, or movie, or show I've seen, that it would be a terrible idea. My little brother agreed. He was already too scared. I even laughed a little at how scared my brother was, as I'd been hearing these noises so often, I'd grown to not be bothered by it. Looking back, He's always been the voice of reason for everything, but especially this. Zack and Evan kept prying about the Ouija board, teasing us about how scared we were. I finally gave in and said they could give it a try, but I am in no way participating and in no way is my brother doing it. It could scar him for life. But then my little brother piped up, weakly, and said he'll try it with them. He was the youngest out of all of us, by a few years. 
so he wanted to be like the big kids. I kept protesting his participation, but he was adamant in doing it. So, the boys took the Ouija board into the bathroom at the top of the stairs. Zack said they should turn off all the lights, but my brother said he'd leave if they did. So they kept them on just for him, even though it was still sunny outside. I sat outside the bathroom, closer to my dad's bedroom so I could see them and the stairs. They started by messing around, asking dumb teenage questions and fake moving the planchette, trying to freak out my brother. Suddenly, they all felt a tug on the planchette. And when that happened, they stared at each other, confused. What's just happened? I said, trying to figure out their faces. My brother got a bit wide-eyed and immediately took his hand off the planchette and then looks at the boys glaring, trying to figure out if it was just one of their tricks again. Evan and Zack looked up at each other, their fingers still on the planchette, when it jerked again. Evan then starts questioning Zack how he did that and Zack starts blaming him. Then it jerks again. My brother starts to say something when Zack reads what it had landed on. Hello? Evan and Zack laugh a bit nervously, and my brother starts to get a little bit more anxious. Evan then jokingly says, What's up? Thinking Zack still was the one moving it. Then the light in the bathroom go out. It got very dark in that small bathroom very quickly. They were barely able to see each other, and it's still only early afternoon. My brother screamed out. The guys tried to laugh it off. Zack stood up and tried to turn the lights back on a few times before they finally turned back on. Zack sat down, and the lights went out again. Evan joked about the fuses, and said to give it another go. But my brother started to cry, and as I went to tell the guys to stop freaking him out, it happened. Let's have a quick break to talk to you about Policy Genius. Now, we all like to put off life insurance talk because it reminds us of our mortality. But life insurance isn't about death, it's about life. It's about ensuring the lives of those you love remain secure and comfortable. And I'm sure many of you will think, well, I'm covered through work or I'm covered through my bank account. But believe me, you want to check those finer details because you may be surprised what you're actually covered for. And this is exactly where Policy Genius come into their own. Yes, we could talk about how Policy Genius is America's leading online insurance marketplace or how their award-winning agents will walk you step-by-step -step through the entire process. But the best thing about Policy Genius for me is they don't have a dog in the fight. They're not going to strong arm you towards one company or another. They've no incentive to do so. 
Their only incentive is to listen to your needs, scour America's top companies, and find you the best price. For example, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that begin at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options even offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. There's a reason why Policy Genius has thousands of five star reviews on Google and Trustpilot, and you'll find out what it is when you tick life insurance off your to do list with Policy Genius. So head over to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All at once, all of the lights in the hallway and the bathroom started to flicker off and on, while it sounded like a crowd of people were banging on the walls of the bathroom. My brother started screaming at me to make it stop, thinking I was the one messing with the lights and capable of banging that hard that many times all at once. It sounded like someone was trying to break into the bathroom through the walls, pounding away with 30 jackhammers. I ran into my dad's room and saw nothing in his closet that was right against the bathroom. I ran to my room to see if anyone was in there banging on the walls. No one. I ran back to the bathroom and they all looked as pale as a ghost. But the knocking had stopped, and the lights were back on. My brother's face was a snotty red mess with tears rolling down his cheeks. But the guys were white as a sheet too. Rightfully so. I immediately told them, it wasn't me. You saw me when it started. No one else is here. How did that even happen? I yanked my brother out of the bathroom and checked to make sure he was okay. Dad would kill us if anything happened to him without him home. He was fine but shaken up. I held on to him and Evan walked out of the bathroom. He tried to laugh it off but you could tell he was off. Trying to reason or justify how what happened just happened. And then, Zack walked out. My brother and I were stood in the hallway to my bedroom, and Evan in the doorway to his room, when we saw something strange. Zack's face was a bit off, like he wasn't sure where he was or why he was there. It sort of contorted into this weird grimace, not his own face. And then his face went back to normal. I looked at him funny and asked, Are you okay? He nodded and said he needed to go home now. And as he started for the stairs, that's when I noticed our shadows. 
The light from outside was projecting my brother and my shadow, which looked like normal shadows. But what should have been Zack's shadow was this huge, seven-foot, deep, dark shadow with what appeared to have horns on its head. Its arms were much more elongated, his hands about five times bigger and featuring very pointy fingers. You could see our legs reflected in our shadows, the way they would with the way the sun lit the room, the way this should have been for him. But his shadow looked as if he was wearing a giant cloak or a dress, which he obviously wasn't. Keep in mind, we're in middle school at this point, and Zack was maybe five foot tall at the time. Me, only a couple of inches shorter, and Evan only a couple of inches taller. This shadow was like ten times the size it should have been. My brother and I stared in complete fear at what we thought was Zack and his terrifying shadow, robotically or more zombie-like slowly, made his way down the stairs, outside, and walked home. My brother was absolutely terrified. He ran to his room, hid under his blanket, and started to cry. Evan, who shares the room, didn't want to listen to his sobbing, so he came with me to my room, and we started talking about the whole thing. Then I asked if they'd said goodbye on the Ouija board. He laughed and said, no, why? If one thing any of my favourite spooky stories have taught me, even at 12 or 13, is that you always say goodbye. I ran back and I said goodbye. I slammed the planchette on the goodbye, boxed it up and left it in my dad's room. That night, when my dad got home, no one wanted to tell him what happened in case he got mad for some reason. We all went to bed, and the cats came with me to my room as usual. We tried to pretend it didn't happen, and we didn't check on Zack. We really should have. We tried to go to bed, trying to forget about the loud knocking echoing in our heads. I fell asleep pretty early in the evening around midnight, but I woke up to something scratching in my closet. My closet was a walking closet, maybe about five feet deep, four feet across, enough space that I was able to put my desk and desk chair in and still hang my clothes on the opposite side. I woke up and looked at my clock. 3.33am. I reached for my glasses and peered up at my closet, thinking maybe my cat was trying to claw at something. It was then I noticed both cats were sleeping beside me. I peered into the darkness of my closet and I saw something. Something white huddled under my desk. 
I rubbed my eyes and wiped my glasses to ensure I was seeing what I was seeing. My cats then woke up and started hissing immediately in that direction, all big and bushy and ready to fight. I got out of bed to try and get a tiny bit closer to make out what it was, and that's when it turned to me. I swear I've never in my life been so scared of something. I jumped back immediately and let out a scream. For anyone who's seen Lord of the Rings, I saw the only thing I can put it against would be Gollum, Smeagol, this pale, thin creature hunched in the corner under my desk, peering up at me with this giant grin of sharp teeth a few pieces of stringy black hair on its head, its eyes, black holes, and then it let out this weird laugh. It sounded like metal grinding or a knife on a plate, but it was a laugh. I screamed and the cats let out this weird yowl. Each ran out the room absolutely terrified. I stood there, frozen, Not sure of what it was, how fast it was, what it was capable of doing. But I was ready to fight for my life. And I hoped wrestling with my brother and cousin would be enough practice to help me fight off this deranged creature that was staring menacingly at me. Thankfully, my dad came barging into the room and saw me out of bed and shaking and pointing at the closet. He flipped the lights on in my room and walked over to the closet, turning the lights on in there, too. The second he turned the closet light on, briefly blocking my view of the creature, it disappeared. I told him what I saw, and he joked about how Lord of the Rings must have been too scary for me, and how strange, out of all of the scary movies I've watched... It would be Gollum that would be my monster. He then made a joke about Monsters, Inc. Ha ha. I didn't take any comfort from his words. He assumed I was being an imaginative kid, brushed it off and told me to go to bed. A couple of weeks later, I still hear the random running up the stairs every few days but no guest ever leaving or entering after also hearing the door slam. And now, a terrifying new guest in my closet that I see almost nightly, depending on if I have the courage to look that night or not. After telling Evan about it, Evan ends up being a jerky teenager and pretending nothing happened and that I was crazy. So I drop it, each night dealing with the terror on my own. The cats glued next to me to protect me. I never heard it make that weird laugh again, and I never got out of bed to take a closer look. I also never told my younger brother about the golem, as he'd probably die of fear knowing that was in the house. My friend, Amy, is over one day and we're just chatting and goofing around in my room and she hears someone running up the stairs again. She freezes and just looks at me confused 
Hello? She called out as she heard someone get right to the door and then silence. I explained to her how often it happens and everything that happened last time. She was shocked but didn't know what to make of the story. She dismissed it a bit but was still debating, trying to gauge if I was lying. We moved on to stories like La Llorona and the Chupacabra and the Bruja, as she's Mexican and she believes in those stories. I tell her another of my stories, which is kind of a mini bonus story for you guys. When I was younger, I was playing with dolls in this very room. I had like ten dolls that I was playing with, and I heard a knock on my bedroom door. I'd walked to the door and told my dolls I'd be right back, thinking I was being summoned for my dinner or something similar. Everyone claimed they'd been where they were the whole time and no one had come to get me. I came back to my room and all of my dolls, plus a few who were in the dollhouse, were all sitting facing me. All of them. I also told her I had imaginary friends that had followed me home from the park. She looked at me like I was crazy, but then started crying. Then she hugged me. I wasn't sure what she was thinking or feeling, but then she told me that she had weird things happening at her house, which is on the other side of the park. Right when she says that, we both get this weird overwhelming feeling of dread. We freeze. We don't speak. We're just looking at each other the whole time, confused as hell as to why we both felt it and both froze. And then we hear a knock in my closet, and then a knocking on my door, and another on my bathroom door in my room. And then, like a cat tornado, both cats came bursting through the nearly shut door, almost knocking themselves out in the process. And then we hear someone running, those heavy footsteps straight to my doorway. We were frozen in complete fear, grabbing onto each other, terrified, our eyes closed tightly. The room had just exploded with sound and then silence. Then, it was as if there was someone heavy breathing right outside the open door, staring at us, waiting, observing. I opened my eyes. The hallway was dark, but there was no one there. After what felt like forever of waiting for this thing to cross the threshold... We heard it run down the stairs and slam the front door. Finally, it had left. Both of us leapt towards the window within seconds, and still no one. We soon started spending almost every night together, either at her house or at mine. She'd had a plethora of her own paranormal experiences that she could probably write a novel on. Bonded through a weird paranormal trauma, 
we'd tell each other absolutely everything. But everyone else, well, we assumed they'd think we were crazy. I moved out and have my own other paranormal experiences. But my brother moved into my old room and he's now starting to hear the old bizarre running and slamming of doors that I used to put up with. Luckily, it never got much worse than that for him. He moved out after a few years, and my cousin got the room. He sort of believes now, but still isn't convinced. We'll give him a couple of years in there, and then we'll see. I refuse to step into that room now, whenever I go back to visit. I've done some research, but nothing has been conclusive to explain what the hell happened before or after the board. And Zack, well, Zack hasn't been the same since. We saw him a few times before I moved, but last I heard, he got involved with some bad things and done some jail time. I haven't spoken to him in years, but I really do hope he turned out okay. Even though we never told my dad, he refuses to move into that room for some reason. Now you can choose to believe or not, but I know what I saw and what I heard. Luckily, I have witnesses to back me up. But this was one of the most terrifying moments of my life. Thank you for reading my tale and stay safe out there. Kay. Well, Kay, thank you so much for such an interesting warning, really, about the dangers that can happen when you use a divination device like the Ouija board. Now, I know you obviously said you don't speak to the individual, but I believe I'm not on my own when I say I'd love to speak to Zach about what he experienced and what he's gone through. Clearly, if he's spent some time in jail, something has taken place. I'm not going to be so naive to point at the Ouija board and say, aha, that's why you ended up in jail. But it would be so interesting to get Zach's version of events. But I guess that's just something I'll need to put on my Christmas list. Anyway... Thank you so much, Kay, for providing your experience for Episode 7 of Season 13. I'll be speaking to you again midweek for another little mini-sode, and of course we'll be back next week for Episode 8 of Season 13. We're also thinking of trying a few things out with our social media, so our social media handles are all in the show notes of this episode if you'd like to go and give them a follow. But in the meantime, remember, when you're talking about the paranormal, always leave some of your disbelief at the door. And I'll see you next week right here on The Dark Paranormal.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.